it's important always to read the Bible and um, when we gather together as church and we're really wanting to share the Easter story with you. So Paul's just going to read to us now about the crucifixion of Jesus from John 19 and then I'm going to carry on reading a bit from John chapter 20 and then share a few thoughts with you. So John 19. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, Here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So, after that, um, Jesus is buried in a tomb by Joseph of Arimathea with Pilate's permission. And I just want to read on from chapter 20. And may these words from the Bible just speak to your hearts as we've been reading them. The Empty Tomb. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. And then it goes on to say that Peter and John find the grave clothes in the empty tomb. And I'm going to skip on to verse 11 where Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. 
He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. I was really reflecting on these verses this week as I read through the Easter story and using a bit of Lectio Divina practice. So I was meditating on the word or phrase that caught my attention. But in this case, what caught my attention was really the person, a person, Mary Magdalene. She was there at the crucifixion with Jesus' mother and also, as we see, at his burial and at his resurrection. Jesus' 12 disciples were men. Who was this woman who was the first person to see the risen Jesus? I wanted to know a bit more about her. And I looked and there wasn't lots about her in the Bible. We hear about her in Luke chapter 8 verse 1 onward says, After this Jesus travelled about from one town and village to another proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support him out of their own means. So from that we can gather she's part of a group of women traveling with Jesus. And she may have been relatively wealthy as they were helping to support Jesus out of their own means. We also learn that she had to be, sorry, I've lost my place. Um, we also learn um, that she had to be cured of evil spirits and diseases. And that tells us something, that tells us that Mary must have suffered some kind of emotional or psychological trauma in order for deliverance to be necessary. Mary was a broken person, she had a troubled past, but Jesus had set her free. It also says in Mark 16, 9, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first, first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. So Jesus was the one who had set Mary Magdalene free. And all of us are hurt or broken in one way or another. We live in a broken world and no family is perfect, so we all have our hurts and pains. But through Mary we see something. We see a Jesus who wants to set us free. He wants to bring us healing and freedom. He invites us to journey with him, to be part of the calling to share the good news of the kingdom of God. And if we're being honest, some of us disqualify ourselves, don't we? And me being honest, I think that's a bit of a Northern Ireland thing. And maybe some of us watching right now, you know, we don't feel worthy or we don't even normally go to church because we don't feel that we're good enough. But it's not about that at all. That's what the cross is for. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross means there's mercy and love and grace and freedom available. And even some of us who have followed Jesus for years can get sidetracked and preoccupied with 
the things of this world or with our own doubts or comparing ourselves to other people. And we can forget sometimes Jesus calls us to be free and to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And we read about, well, when we read about the crucifixion earlier, Paul read the words that Jesus said. He said, it is finished. It is done. What he did was enough. And today I would love us to receive that as Mary Magdalene had learned to receive it. Can we walk in freedom, loving and serving Jesus as we see Mary Magdalene doing in the Bible in the few verses we can read about her? I love something I read about this. Her troubled past didn't disqualify her from being the first witness of the resurrect, resurrected Jesus and his first commis commissioned messenger of his resurrection. Later on, I found it so moving when I read the verses about Mary actually meeting the risen Jesus. It says in verse 11, But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken my Lord away, and I do not know where they have laid him. Mary's overcome, Mary Magdalene's overcome with grief. She's weeping at Jesus' tomb and as she looks inside she sees the two angels and probably you'll recall if you've read other parts of the Bible like the shepherds or when other people see angels they're usually overcome with fear and the angels have to say do not be afraid but Mary's so grieved by the loss of Jesus that she's unaffected even by the appearance of angels. And to me that tells us something, it tells us about the depth of relationship she had with Jesus. She'd seen the Lord that she loved, she'd watched him die a cruel death on the cross. And now she just had to be there, she had to be at the tomb, first thing. And that depth of relationship that Jesus had with Mary Magdalene is available to each of us. He's longing for us to draw near this Easter. He says, draw near and he will draw near to us. Then Mary actually meets Jesus. She, when she'd said this, verse 14, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned to him and said, Rabbani, which is to say teacher. Mary wondered and worried about Jesus, where Jesus was, but he wasn't far away. He was right there, even though she didn't recognise him at first. And perhaps that is like some of us, especially in these times. You know, we might be searching for hope and truth and faith in God like never before, but the truth is he isn't far away. And we're the same as Mary Magdalene, aren't we? Sometimes we don't always recognise him. Perhaps for her that's because she was emotionally distressed and had tears in her eyes. And like us too, sometimes we're so distracted. These times we are living in now with coronavirus. Some of us are afraid, you know, some of us have tears. We're distracted it can just feel overwhelming at times like we said before when we're not sure when it's going to end we can't see clearly but jesus is there you know she wasn't thinking clearly either you know she might have been a big strong woman and 
physically capable of carrying away the body of a dead man, but it's more likely that she was so filled with sorrow and devotion that she wasn't thinking through her plans carefully. Her words reveal again the devotion she had. She never paused to consider how would she carry the corpse of a fully grown man or how she, would she explain why she was doing it. And then Jesus speaks. Jesus says to her, Mary, he only had to say one word and all was explained. She heard as he said her name and the tone of his voice, she heard her beloved Messiah and instantly called him Rabbani, which means teacher. And I love this. Jesus didn't reveal himself to Mary by telling her who he was, but by telling her who she was to him. Her eyes may have failed her, but her ears couldn't mistake that voice saying her name. Many people had said her name before, but only one had spoken it like that. And I love these descriptions which I read. Never was a one-word utterance more charged with emotion than this. And Spurgeon said, Jesus can preach a perfect sermon in one word. And today, for all of us, I want to say, Jesus knows your name. Jesus says your name. No matter what you're going through right now, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's cancer, financial hardship, divorce, grief, fear, anxiety, depression. Jesus says your name. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to see you. He wants to speak to you. And some of our emotions, either they're all over the place right now or they're put on hold right now. Practically, some things have had to stop. Even things that we're so worried about, like medical treatments or relationship issues, are put on hold. One of the most distressing things about these days is um, the grief if someone has passed away and not being able to comfort the grieving as we normally would. Some things have to be on hold right now, but Jesus' love and resurrection power is not on hold. It is still available to us. He's still with us as he was for Mary. And then Jesus says to Mary, go and tell my brothers. And Mary went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. So Jesus made a woman the first witness of his resurrection. And that was radical for those days. You know, the law courts of that day wouldn't have recognized the testimony of a woman, but Jesus did. When we see Jesus, like Mary, when he reveals himself to us by showing us what we mean to him, then he says, go, go and tell my brothers, go and tell others. And Mary tells the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And that's a call to us this Easter. If we know Jesus and if we've seen Jesus, go tell others, I have seen the Lord. And what I have loved in these days, it's been so beautiful and amazing, is to see kindness and mercy rise up in the midst of this suffering and mourning and uncertainty. There is goodness and joy. That's the message of the cross. That's the message of Jesus. And I've loved seeing so many displaying the love of Christ with their words and actions. And basically what they're saying is, I have seen the Lord. And one thing we've learned for sure in these days is how quickly things can change. Everything's been turned upside down. Our lives have changed dramatically in a short space of time. But this is also true in the Easter story, right? 
only last Sunday, Palm Sunday, we were sharing about Jesus riding on a young donkey, entering Jerusalem as a king to shouts of praise and hosanna. God enters in unlikely way sometimes. How do we receive him? How do we respond? With waving a palm branch and praising him. That's how Holy Week begins, with thanking and praising and trusting. Then comes Good Friday. There is death, there is suffering, there is denial, there is loss. And the words of a song came to my mind as I pondered this, how deep the Father's love. And part of that song says, Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. It was my sin that held him there, but his dying breath has brought me life. Good Friday can feel heavy sometimes, like many of us do in these days. But after Good Friday comes today, Easter, Resurrection Sunday, he is risen. Things can change so quickly. Um, Anne Voskamp, I read this during the week. And it's possible. We can all change. Hard times can change. Impossible things can change. Even the stressed and hurting can change. If we don't believe things can change, just look at Palm Sunday to Good Friday to Resurrection Sunday. Always keep believing. Always keep hoping. Things can change. Everything can change. Hope. Hosanna. He is the way and all our ways are in his safe hands, opening our palms 